kids come tough. I mean, this is a resilient group of kids. Mm -hmm. They've always proved that. You can see that just Duquesne, Pitt. I mean, we have great programs here in Pittsburgh, and it's nice to be part of one of the best. I think it means that the college soccer scene here in Pittsburgh is going to get better and better every single year. It bodes well for the game and the college game here in Pittsburgh. Welcome, everybody, to the Pittsburgh College Soccer Show, brought to you by the Pittsburgh Soccer Report and the Beautiful Game Network. Coming up on this episode, we're going to recap the end of the local college seasons, talk all about the excitement of the Whippeo playoffs, hear from tons of the players involved in the finals, and get our very own professor, John Krasinski's take on all of it. John, you have been a busy, busy guy watching all these games. What's what's going on? Uh, yeah, it's been great. It's just, as I said when we did the show, the preview, high school preview show, I said it's the best time of the year. Uh, if you love, uh, you know, soccer at this level, at the, the college and the high school um, level, I've seen quite, yeah, I've seen quite a bit of soccer. I've traveled um, not as much as I did last year, but this there's been some travel um, here and there, and uh, it's been it's been great. I've I've enjoyed every minute, and this, the, you know, the best part of it is the stories, the stories behind the games and the, the people um involved um and just just it's just been a wonderful couple weeks and uh, i've enjoyed a lot of it and i've enjoyed sharing it with so many people in the pittsburgh community that seem to uh, the soccer fans and the soccer community um which is really kind of gets on board and they, they really look forward to uh what's what what you know what's going to happen and and everything that's transpired it's been it's been pretty exciting yeah absolutely and there's so many great stories that we're going to talk about today i mean you caught eight games over the course of three days, which that's just a little mind-boggling. And you reported on all of it. I mean, it's, yeah, so you definitely... I, yeah, I tried to keep it to a, you know, to a limit in terms of the games I wasn't covering for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review and just making sure that the Pittsburgh Soccer Report uh, was getting some updates uh, for on all the games. But for sure, there was a number of games that I, I was covering for the Trib as well. So um, I kind of, kind of made it all work. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's let's jump into it. Let's talk some college first, and then we'll we'll get into all of the Whippeal action. Um, talk about some of your predictions, and and go from there. So to kick things off, we'll start with Duquesne. Um, Duquesne men's team tonight. They actually played uh, tonight, as in Thursday night. They played Fordham in the uh, first round of the A10 championship play. Unfortunately, they ended up losing four nothing. So uh, as of this evening, their season is over. Fordham just seemed to be a team that had their number. They Fordham beat them five nothing in mid October. Mm -hmm. um, Duquesne was looking for their first A10 championship win since the two one semifinal victory over Richmond in in two thousand two. Um, but uh, since then they're o five and three in championship play. You know it's 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 not all gloom and doom. They did pick up some hardware. Uh, freshman mm -hmm. Ryan Landry was named the A10s all rookie team. Um, he was second on the team in points with seven, and then junior Frederick Bornstein and and senior uh, Diego Vieira both earned spots on A10's 11-man all-academic team. So Bornstein is a finance major with 3.9 GPA. Um, Vieira is a uh, is majoring in integrated marketing communications and has a 3.93 GPA. So um, so kudos to them. Um, they finished the season eight four and five across all competitions, three two and three in A10 conference play. The few games that I saw, they were an exciting team to watch. I mean, we talked mm -hmm. about them a lot on this show. Um, defensively sound, making things happen late in games, keeping the fans engaged. Uh, overall, just just a fun team to watch. Absolutely, they you know they were the, they were the epitome of a team that you know you have to beat them. You had to play ninety minutes. Um, you know they 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 were like that. Now there were some games where they were. A few, really, the only two games they were completely outplayed this year were the Fordham, the two Fordham games. Yeah. So when they lost in overtime on Sunday uh, and got went dropped from I think a five seed down to a seven seed in the A10, mm -hmm. that was a huge blow because they knew they would have to see Fordham in the first round, and that was a team that beat them as you said five nothing in mid October. So then they have to go first round play for them and it gets just obviously a team that they just they they had a lot of trouble um you know hanging with but had a lot of play, uh enjoyment just seeing them play uh i saw them play a few times this year myself um chase brooks terrific uh coach i think i think he's really got this program to where um he's, he's gotten them another step mm -hmm. another step so it'll be interesting to see uh you know ryan landry a local player from shaler uh, you know we 
if you if you've ever seen Ryan play before, you know Ryan was it was tough for him because he played for a killer team that it, it just they were in that section of death in the Whippeal, which this year finally you know showed how great they those teams are. Uh, the Seneca Valley and the North Alleghenies. Shaler was could could barely even get into the playoffs, and so you know Ryan was kind of in on a high school level. Of course, he he shined quite a bit with he was an uh, Arsenal player too. So um, you know I, I see some good things for Duquesne men. I think uh, Chase is going to need to to recruit some more dynamic attacking players to if, he, if they're going to get to that next level. And it's going to be tough because he's even he said in his interview with us. You know, you you have to build the program um, with what you have, mm-hmm. and so you know he's. I think he did a pretty good job. The team itself this year were 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 very competitive. You know, a couple losses here and there, and it, and it hurt their seating in the tournament. I think that was a, that was a big difference. Yeah. Um, so you know, again, best of luck to to the men's team in the off season. The women's team unfortunately won't be defending their A10 crown. They lost two to one in double overtime to George Washington in the A10 championship game. Heartbreaker of a loss as GW's Brittany Cooper scored against the Dukes with only eight seconds left in double overtime. Um, Duquesne was ranked number three in the tournament, just couldn't get it done against the number six mm-hmm. seed. They finished the season eleven six and three. They also pick up some hardware. Junior midfielder uh, Linnea Facienda was named mm-hmm. to the A10 All Conference first team, and then Katie O'Connor, uh, the Duke's sophomore forward, was named to the A10 All Conference second team. So again, it's a it's it's a great team, um, mm-hmm. and just they fell short here in that first round, and, and they're not able to defend. Yeah, I saw Al Alvini, the the Duquesne women's coach, at Highmark Stadium actually last week, and. I saw him, and it's you know tough loss. It's tough to see you here right now when you could still be, you know, uh, defending the championship. And uh, and it was just one of those things. It was late in the game. It, it, it very very late in double overtime. And you know how it gets late in the game where you know things start to really open up. Both teams have heavy legs. Yeah. And it was counter versus counter, and it was it, it that's essentially how GW scored that goal. It was a counter attack. The girl had a lot of room. She kind of made a little run on the right side and just buried her shot. And it was that was lights out for a team. And and I'll tell you what, that's that's you know as Bill Cowher always used to say, there's a fine line. I mean, there's a fine line there because last year Duquesne won two really close, low scoring, look all low scoring games to win the A10. It was just a matter of a, a bounce here, a bounce there. And so this year. It just didn't bounce their way, but I think the nucleus is there. I think they have a solid program. They're continuing to recruit more local players. We'll hear about in probably in the coming months, um, and I, I, I good local players. And I think we're going to see some good things from this program going forward. As you say, all season long, you know, Duquesne was sort of that shining beacon of, uh, mm-hmm. of the local college soccer scene. So it will be exciting to mm-hmm. see what comes from both of these programs here in the offseason yeah. and, and heading into next year. So mm-hmm. um, so kudos to both of them, even though they fell short here uh, in the first round of the, of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, great things ahead. Um, you know, two of the, or I guess a few of the other teams we want to talk about, Robert Morris's men's team that we've been talking about all season, they wrapped up their season earlier this week with a one nothing loss to St. Francis. They finished the season 4-11-2 overall, only 1-5-1 in NEC play. The women finished play last week with a one nothing loss to Central Connecticut. They finished the season 6-12 and overall, 4-4 four four in NEC play. So hopefully better things to come from both programs. We've talked about the, the players that have come out of the uh the rmu system um and gone pro and you know not just riverhounds pro but uh you know go and play for the red bulls go to mls go to seattle all of that so hopefully robert morris can can keep that pipeline open and we see better things from that program um here in the in the coming years yeah and i think they they you know, you, you just hit the nail i was just going to talk about that the fact that the men's team lost it seemed like you know they had Speedy Williams, and then they had, you know they they you know they they had these ML, MLS talented players, uh, you know there. And then this year they kind of they they took a little bit of step back. So it for you know Bill Dennison, I, you know it's going to be about recruiting. It's all about recruiting because you know he had a little bit of that pipeline there with players coming, um, you know Jamaican players and things like that. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see 
how what they do in terms of recruiting players and getting them back up because you know Robert Morris program the men's program and the women's but the men's program you know has has a pretty solid tradition so mm-hmm. um, it'll, it'll, it it's going to be all about recruiting and then the women you know they it, within the NEC there was that hope that within the NEC they would come on strong and they did they you know they won their last four games I believe they finished four and four uh, I'm sorry they won. Yeah, they won their last four games. They were started no, they started off zero and three, I believe. Um, but they came on strong, and then they finished with that one nothing loss to Central Connecticut. Um, but that's a team that was, you know, if there were six teams, like some conferences only award four playoff berths and just do a semifinal final. So that was kind of there was sort of victim to that. But at the same time, in the NEC, you've got to you just got to you can't start off as slow as they did and, and have those tough tight losses early in, in the campaign. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. hopefully great things to come here for uh, for RMU as you said a, a storied mm-hmm. history for their program. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if uh we'll see what happens here in the off season and and, and what they bring to the field next year. Mm-hmm. Um one of the teams that we mentioned uh on one of the previous shows it wasn't one of the three big schools that we've talked about locally but is WVU and their women's program. Um, they are ranked number one in the country. They they came back from two goals down in the Big 12 soccer championship game against number seven seed TCU to win three mm-hmm. to two, and they finished the season nineteen one and one eight and zero in Big 12 conference play. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. John, you you had a piece up on your site all about this uh, about this game and, and about this team. You know, they they still have the NCAA tournament coming up where they're ranked number one. What what makes you most excited about this team or, or about that game? Yeah, I mean, they well they've shown uh, the ability to score. They have so many dynamic players on the ball. They have a, a super sub, Hannah Abraham from uh, you know who who's a was a played in the Whippeal of all places at Albert Gallatin, which is like doesn't have a whole lot of so- soccer players. So uh, somebody made the comment to me one uh, during the course of the season: is how did they pull you know a player like that? Uh, West Virginia's um, coach Brown, she um, Nikki Izzo Brown, she recruited Hannah Abraham Knack for getting in the game with a lot of energy and. And sending those services in from the left side, she scored goals in big moments. And then, of course, two-two in overtime, she sends a ball in, uh, knocks, and they they scored a winning goal off of her her pass. So, um, just a, it's a, it's an exciting, dynamic team for uh, you know what we'll see is a team that won the the Big Twelve, um, you know. But you know, women's soccer in the NCAA, you know, they got those so many strong ACC teams, you know, Stanford is right up there. And then of course you can't forget about defending champion, um, to our East. And that's, that's Penn state. Now they did not win the big 10 this year, but they're, they're still a team to, to kind of be reckoned with as well. So, um, you know, this is going to be, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch. Um, what's nice is you can catch some of these games, um, on FS and FS one, FS two, Fox sports, uh, one and two, I think have covered, some of the um, women's college soccer action, and um, so if you know if you you, you really want to see some good fem- women's college soccer, um, and then the men's tournament obviously will be coming to the for it, coming uh, coming up now too as well. Uh, obviously, none of the local teams uh, will be involved, but you know it'll be it'll be fun to watch to see how things go. Yeah, you can catch uh, the first or the first round for uh, WVU women. They're going to face Northern mm-hmm. Kentucky on Saturday at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can check it out uh, as John said on local channels. Talking a little bit about uh, Pitt men and women. Pitt men, you know, we talked about how this was going to be a bit of a rebuilding season, new coach, new system, and really it taking a few years to to get that system in place to recruit the players you need to play in that system um they ended their season last week falling to number seven syracuse for nothing in the first round of the acc tournament they ended up finishing the season two 13 and three overall oh six and two in acc play so they weren't able to pick up a conference win um you know i guess they had some games john that we had talked about you know if they could go out and get a draw or even just get mm-hmm. a one goal loss that it was a positive sign for this program and they had a Mm -hmm. few of those games so i mean are you still feeling hopeful about this team moving into next season well as long as jay vidovich is the coach you you should certainly feel that way and you know this is a guy that's won a national championship he's coached in the acc we all knew this i mean you could i could tell the body language the the just just speaking with him in the the first his first press conference you, you know he was 
there was certainly some of that diplomatic, you know, we're going to, we're going to be competitive. We're going to do everything we can. But the reality was we all knew that this is, this team was a year or two or three away from, from being a legitimate competitive team in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet saying that they were losing games, one, nothing, two to one, you know, two, nothing you, you never saw pit men really get blown out of a game right. i mean never and 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 yet there were losses you're scratching your head they lost to you know robert morris too but it was always close games so i think from a coaching standpoint you could see that this was a team that was tactically prepared this is a team that was you know when i watched them play you could just tell there was just something they just didn't have that you know that ability to just they just you know they just weren't as good as their opponents, I guess, for lack of a better word. And, um, you know, two thirteen and three, I mean, again, it's, I don't think it's the record. I think it's the competitiveness is which, what I saw from them that, that impressed me. Um, you know, two ties. Okay. Just, they just did, they just couldn't really get much going in terms of having any sort of dangerous threats, um, in the attack, especially against ACC competition. Yeah. So, yeah. again, this is another program that's going to be very interesting to watch moving forward, uh, especially with the storied history with the coach. They're really trying to build something there that's going to last, and so we're really just at you know the very beginning of that process. So the next few seasons are definitely going to be exciting to see where this team can go. Um, Absolutely, and I, I just want to add, too, you know, the recruiting side of it. Again, I talked about some of it with the uh, Duquesne programs, but you know, we saw where Duquesne lacked. I mean, Pitt, it's just, I think, overall um, quality of players. So they're, they're going to rely on underclassmen coming in, maybe some transfers here and there. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. But, it's again, this is when we're going to see Jay Vitovich hopefully start, you know, this hire really start to pay off. It's his ability to recruit and bring players to Pitt. That's going to be, to me, going to be the big the big. We'll see. Can he take them to the next level? Can he get a lot of quality players to come to Pitt? Yeah. And speaking of quality players coming to Pitt, uh, you know, if we if we mm-hmm. jump over to the women's side now, the women finished the season two fifteen and one overall, one and nine in ACC play. But there is some hope for the women's team moving forward. Um, they have a goalkeeper. Um, Amaya Pena, who will be representing Spain in the upcoming U-20 World Cup. She didn't play for Pitt this year since she was behind senior keeper uh, Taylor Francis. They also have midfielder Ashley uh, Morea, I think is how you pronounce it, will Mm -hmm. be representing Canada in the U-20 World Cup as well. She didn't play for Pitt this year. She was electing to take a red shirt. Um, but the other big news, and, and John, you uh, you actually got a chance to, to do an interview here. They're going to be adding local high school standout um, Ideen O'Donohue to the roster, who recently switched her school of choice from Rutgers to Pitt, um, which is really exciting. You know, she she's a senior at Cannon Mac, plays outside D for the Riverhounds uh, program. She was uh, called in to the USU 17 national camp earlier this year. And she recently decided to switch her commitment. So let's uh, let's go ahead and take a listen here, John. You got a, you had a good chance to talk to her, and uh, let's see what she had mm-hmm. to say about all yep. that. Okay. Um, so maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the growing up playing soccer in the Pittsburgh yeah. area. Um, yeah. And we'll get into you know some of the, your college commitment and that a little bit a little bit about that in a second. But um, just growing up in this area, playing soccer. Are there any players, you know, talk about some of your experiences as a young player, but also are there any players that you've looked up to? Obviously, we now have on this national spotlight, um, Megan Klingenberg, but mm-hmm. but obviously some, yeah, just tell me, maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, growing up, I mean, I lived in the same neighborhood as Taylor Schramm, who I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with, Pitt, or Penn State, mm-hmm. and also on a national team too so yeah definitely had a role model early on um yeah I mean I grew I grew up with three brothers so I mean sports were kind of just always there there was really nothing else um we always were playing sports and yeah I I played victory growing up um I had a really like good coach Greg Starcevic who was also like a local guy from our community really good family friend and I loved soccer then because of him. I, I loved him. Like, he's like a second dad. So then, then I really loved soccer after. So, yeah, I really give him a lot of credit. And every time something big happens to me, I always, 
you know, call him first and everything. But yeah, once I started getting into Riverhounds, they really uh, transformed me into the player that I am today. All the, the whole coaching staff, each one of the coaches is very unique and, you know, they intrigue you in different ways and they make you want to be better. And I would not, wouldn't be the player I am if it wasn't for them and what they've done for me. And so every game with them, I, I play for them and kind of show my appreciation for what they made of me. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not ready to stop doing that. I'm not ready to to leave the city that made me and South and do go represent someone else. I, I have to stay here and I have to be loyal and represent Pittsburgh because that's just it's just who I am. So. And and obviously that you you're referring to the fact that you you know were committed to uh, Rutgers mm-hmm. but then made the decision yeah. to switch to the University of Pittsburgh, which um, you know you you'll be uh, attending um, next year, right? Yep. So we're, yeah. we're obviously yeah, look- I mean, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I obviously committed to Rutgers when I was a sophomore, like fall into my sophomore year and mm-hmm. super excited and uh love them, love the college, love the coaching staff, the players and you know, I was really, really excited at the time and you kinda get that opportunity and that offer and you lock it up and you think it's kind of far away and you don't really think about it too much and then you know, as time's been getting closer and I've been getting older and now I'm a senior, mm-hmm. it just kind of hit me. I was like, you know, I want to watch my brothers grow up, but I also, I want to play in a high conference. Like, I want to play at the, that next level and pitch in the ACC conference. That's just, you know, something that's very impressive to me and something that I would want to be a part of. And, um, yeah, like I said, growing up, I mean, my family's pit. Like, everything we wear, we mm-hmm. have logos all over our house. I mean, it's just... <laughs> it just made sense, and yeah. you know, it, would, it wouldn't have been fair to go to Rutgers uh, with that, with knowing that I wish I would have had a different perspective of playing at home. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I I wanted to get that perspective, and I I fell in love with it, and I'm super excited to represent Pittsburgh in the years to come. And uh, we were definitely looking forward to seeing you play for uh, for the Panthers. That's for sure. Um, now, yeah. you, you spoke a little bit about maybe you know, hopefully this you can help kind of turn some momentum, getting some of the top local players, yeah. uh, maybe some other top local players to, to play for Pitt, too, in the coming years. Um, yeah. Obviously, the program, it had a pretty decent turnaround year a year ago, and then this year they've stumbled on tough, tough season. Uh, you know, they had some injuries and things like that. But uh, being right. in the ACC, um, what are your expectations? I mean, obviously, what are your expectations going forward in, in playing at Pitt? Yeah, um, and that's really something about that intrigues me as well. Is I know, like, I have a, like, I hope I can go into this program and be an impact and make a difference and leave the program eventually, you mm-hmm. know, better than it started. And that intrigues me a lot as a player mm-hmm. to know I could, I do have that opportunity very, like, uh, right there. And especially, like, to represent the city where I came from, you know. And, like, yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's a ton of athletes in this area and um you know i think it would be great if some girls boys too that would follow hopefully my footsteps one day and say like yeah like i i see like you know what she's once i mean she was this is where she learned everything you know and keep representing that and yeah i hope for years to come some more athletes decide that too and stay here and represent here and we'd like to uh, also, you know, hopefully see some more local players kind of follow your lead. And um, we've seen it already, you know, even at Duquesne, um, yeah. has had some success in the past year. And you, you probably right. know a few of those players as well. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of those, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, you know, again, heading now, I'm sure you have, feel like you have unfinished business this week. And I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of your focus is, is with that. And, um, yeah, very much so. Yeah. So, uh, what, you know, again, we'll be looking forward to watching you playing, um, you know, hopefully for a few more weeks and uh, see what happens yeah. with that. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, down the road as we we go forward, uh, you know, you, we'll be able to talk more and uh, talk about some more players coming from this area, you know, playing at yeah. Pitt and Duquesne. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to share in terms of uh, – some of your experiences that you've had as a player. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, like, 
one of my greatest experiences and great accomplishments was getting the invitation from the national team right. this past year and flying out to California. And that was something that really is going to stick with me and really change our perspective a lot on soccer and just the intense level and what it means to present, especially where you came from, like United States of America. I mean, like this is, it's the country and then it's, you know, it's the East Coast and then it's Pittsburgh. And yeah, that definitely had a big part in you know, wanting to keep representing Pittsburgh when I was there. I mean, that's where, that's where I said I was from. I mean, that's, you know, I was proud of that. I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't ready to stop saying that's where I'm from. And I was excited to know that I could have the opportunity to keep representing it. So, yeah, I mean, obviously the national camp was something that I, you know, was going to sit with me forever. And the opportunity was, you know, change a lifetime. And I am still grateful and honored to be able to go there. And yeah, that would be one of the, one of the main accomplishments for sure. Absolutely. And I almost forgot that. Can you believe that? But, um, <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah, uh, of course. But uh, yeah, you know, and of course, growing as a player and being able to play with players around the country at a camp yeah. like that, um, with with the U.S. team, is there anything that you got specifically from that that, that you helped you develop as a player? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, that was awesome was, you know, you when you're in high school and you're visiting colleges and you're doing these bunch of these camps and stuff, you're kind of going out there and you're performing and you're doing your best. And when you're at the national camp, I mean, I really every single day was learning something new and I became like a student of the game again, like as if you were little. Um, but like, like I went to that camp as a defender and. Right. That's why I play for Riverhounds, and that's why I've been recruited for. Um, you know, so that's the thing, too. It's like I, I go there, and I kind of, like, growing up was always, like, a forward, like, when I was little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Riverhounds, as soon as we started in the team, I was a defender, and I love playing the defensive position. But I also do love getting in the attack as well. But, yeah, when I was there, I was all defense, and I really learned a lot from their coaching staff, the players on that team, and, I mean, every single girl there was going to the biggest colleges in the country, and um, I, I learned a lot from that experience, a lot that I was able to bring home for Hounds into our back line and, you know, try to get us to, you know, use what I learned and be successful. So great stuff from Aideen in terms of, you know, you could really tell she wants to bridge the gap from, you know, high school, for high, quality high school soccer and helping transition that to quality college soccer in the Pittsburgh area and just seems like a natural leader, just really wants to build something special wherever she is. It, you know, what what sort of takeaways, I guess, did you have from that conversation with her? Yeah, uh, very, you know, she's very poised, um, you know, she seems very mature, and she's been through the, she's been through a lot, you know, St. Ken and Max programs is a pretty solid program. She uh, was there with the Riverhounds Academy as it's, as it's developed, you know, over the years, and this core group of players that are coming up uh, with this current, uh, this current senior class um, of players that we're watching, or in, and some juniors, um currently uh with that rda program have have done some really great things you know they've they they were competed in some national competitions won a one uh a few and so those all those experiences that she's been involved with and then to get that call up to go to the u.s national team camp um you know it sounds like you know she she is as you, you know she's talked about she comes from a family of all brothers and she, she she's been in that just competitive environment and she just she just she loves it she enjoys the game um she's just one of those uh, players that and then you see it on the field you know you see it you see her ability on the ball you see the things that she can do um and she's a she's a fun player she you know one of those players that makes her teammates better mm-hmm. um and so you know at the high school level when you're watching it you know she's playing different position maybe than she's played at the club level um because you know she needs to be more of a playmaker um and and you see that, that in the high school playoffs and we'll talk a little bit about that now but but overall uh, she's just an impressive player and you know we just we'd like to see more of uh, players like her to, to be able to stay home now that we've we've developing uh, much a lot of really good talented players in this area uh, especially on the female side um, it's exciting it's exciting to see that she's she made this decision to stay home and she talked about that as important that that was important to her but when she went to 
California for the camp. And when she came back, I think she had this great appreciation for um, everything about Pittsburgh. Um, And she wanted to she wanted to stay home. And that meant something to her. Yeah, I think her commitment to the city, her commitment to, I mean, you could hear it in her voice in terms of Mm -hmm. trying to be that leader, trying to be that one that's showing other local high school standouts that they can stay here and they can help to build some of these college programs, some of these D1 college programs, um, and sort of take them to the next level. It's -hmm. commendable, and and I think it'll be really interesting to see, you know, now how her career plays out at Pitt over the next few years and and what they can do as a program with her and potentially, like you mentioned, some of these other players that she's played with as part of the RDA program that are now coming up through the system and potentially following her lead and staying close to the city um, and and continuing to grow the sport here. So kudos to her. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention, too, that Greg Miller, you know, the coach at Pitt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, heading into this year's season, didn't really have a whole lot of uh, local players. Obviously, the Duquesne program has a lot more local players than, than Pitt does. So maybe it's, you know, for, for Greg, for Coach Miller, it's it's a nice uh, pickup, um, and it will help. And I think it will also help in providing that program with more support from the local fan base i mean i've sat i've been at those games at pitt and sometimes you know you look around and there's some parents there and there's you know there's some people here and there but it would be nice to have you know more local uh fans coming to see those games because that's a wonderful facility and i think they can build the build do some good things there but but that all of that being said you know i i don't Adine, I, I I don't think we want to put too much pressure on her, right. especially her freshman year. This is a program that went two fifteen and one and one and nine this year. So, you know, one step at a time. But this is definitely a nice building block. Yes, it's it's not all on her shoulders. Um, it's yeah. just nice to mm-hmm. see, like we said, you know, her her sort of leading the charge and and wanting to to make an impact. So, yeah. Kudos to her. Um, that that gives us a nice little segue from uh, from college into the high school game. So first of all, you know the Whippeal um, finals have wrapped up. Congratulations to all of the winners. Um, we'll run through the list really quickly. John, you know, mm-hmm. kudos to you, man. You picked four out of we we talked about all eight of these different classes and 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 how we thought they were going to shake out, and you picked four of eight correctly. Um, I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think I did that great. I mean, that, that was what I was trying to tell you the other day. I was like, well, I got four out of four out of eight. I mean, you know, I, I that wasn't. It didn't. I wasn't that proud of it. But I, I guess I, when Char Valley pulled that game out, I guess I said, all right, at least I drew drew even five hundred. You know. So. It's not bad, man. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Let's let's run through this really quickly. So the winners um, from the boys' side, the class single A, Swickley Academy pulled out the win. Double A was Quaker Valley. Triple A was Chartiers Valley. And Quad A was NA. So congrats to all the boys' team. On the girls' side, on the single A, we had Shadyside Academy winning it all. Double A, we had Freedom. Triple uh, A was Moon. And Quad A was uh, Norwin. So congrats to all of the winners on you know a fantastic season. Not just the winners. Anybody who... Any of the teams that really came out, participated, were part of the tournament, you know, gave it their all. We can't all win, you know, all of these games. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here coming up. But uh, it made for some exciting matches and uh, and I think something that uh, a lot of people are going to remember for a long time, especially being down at Highmark Stadium and, and getting to play there on the field. So Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I You know, this was... Uh... You you just it's just one of those things you look forward to. It's like the NCAA March Madness basketball. You know, every March you just you think it's not going to it can't be as good as it was the year before. And then and you get eight games with eight different you know fantastic storylines and just a lot of drama. And it was wonderful. It was really great. And so what we saw were um, actually the first two nights. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Is this going to keep happening with the boys game? The boys finals last year. The three finals all went into overtime and all were decided by Golden Goal in 2015. Well, Thursday night, obviously, NA Seneca Valley go, you know, almost this identical finish as the 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 highest tier last year, the Fox Chapel um, Cannon Mac game, which you know Fox Chapel had led the whole way and then lost in the last minute, gave up a, an unfortunate goal, um, and then ended up losing in overtime to Cannon Mac. Well, you know. Setting the stage on Thursday night, the first boys' final was the 4A final between North Allegheny and Seneca Valley, which had only given up three goals all season long. We're, we're leading one nothing, and with about two minutes left, 
And Josh Lucchini comes in, who was probably North Allegheny's best player, um, although his teammate um, Sean Atwater might uh, might be contending for that title after his little run, but we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, he comes in the game, he gives his team a spark. This is a team that, you know, just has struggled. Even they've struggled to score against Seneca Valley this year. And he gets a, an, a fantastic goal off a header that, you know, the ball that comes in into the box and it was about two, two minutes and 33 seconds. I think that's what the official time was on it. Um, it, it skips off his head. He redirects it past the keeper, uh, Dylan Good. And, you know, all of a sudden there's this life that North Allegheny has. And then they finish it off with Sean Atwater's kick from distance for the second, at that point, the second game in a row, he had scored a golden goal to win, to, to uh, this time to win a Whitfield championship for the Tigers. And it, it was just an exciting moment, a program that has been really good over the years, but they just could never get over the hump um, in the playoffs. Uh, it would lose disappointing first, second round type games. And then this year they, they finally broke through. So that was quite a big win. Um, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, but you know, just I'd like to you know talk about some different things. But yeah, we had a new we had a new champion. We had a lot of champions that came back into the fold after be, not being champions for a few years. So it was it was a very very exciting three days. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Sean Atwater's goal. Let's go ahead and take a listen. You talked to him after the game was over to get his reaction. All right, congratulations. That was a hell of a shot to 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 put this one away and win a Whitfield championship for you guys. Uh, Two games in a row. Is that the plan? Just you know, get into overtime and then just give you a shot from distance. No, it's not necessarily the plan, but um, it seems we're physically strong and mentally strong, so we're confident going into overtime, and we just keep playing and battling. And I was just lucky enough to put it away both times. And uh, you know, talking to coach after the game, you know, he he was just confident in you guys and the ability to just to to ride through a, a difficult game, a challenging opponent, team that you've seen twice already. What was the mentality? You guys went down one nothing. What were you thinking? I mean, we played in close games all year. I think we had five times or something. We played tons of overtime games. We learned throughout the year just keep battling no matter what the score is. And um, we know if we keep building it up, they'll get a chance. I told them when there's about four minutes left, the one good attack is barely ten times. Just getting it down the field. We had to keep our patience and calm. And still, we know how we do Whitfield champions. And what what did it did it give you guys a lift to see Josh get get in the game yeah, I mean, in the second half and. It and then get that um, goal. It definitely gives us more energy now he's in. It gives us more confidence. He's just a great player. And um, especially after he scored that goal, I think there's no looking back. Yeah. So we know we after that goal, I mean, the emotion, just the emotion, take us through what you were feeling. Uh, his goal. I was confident we scored. I just didn't know when. And when he put it in, it was just relief. Yeah. And um, it just gave us more energy and a boost to know we could definitely win this thing. And then, of course, in overtime, just take us through one more time. You, you get the um, ball at your feet. What are you, I, what are you thinking? I forget to pass through the ball, but I turned to my left foot, and I had space, so I took another touch. And then I shot it. I knew it was a good shot, but the goalie hit off his, off his ball, hit off the crossbar. So I thought he saved it, but I came back down, hit the net, and then it went in. So, so great stuff from Sean. You could hear uh, all all the players around him afterwards, just sort of jumping around and celebrating. Yeah, um, and then I was I was right there, and uh, I guess the Gatorade was that the game with I'm getting lost. There's there's three games <laughs> in eight days, um, but it, I believe I got doused with Gatorade after after that. The coach got got doused with Gatorade, and the, the kids I got I caught the kids on video just jumping up and down and having a good time. So. Um, that's what it's all about, you yeah, know. That's exactly. what it's all about. Exactly. So we talked, you know, a little bit about you. You had sort of eight moments that you identified as, as mm-hmm. sort of top eight moments in the playoffs. So that was the first one. You talked about mm-hmm. the the NA boys coming from behind win over Seneca Valley. Give us another one here. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move around a little bit here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go back to uh, I'm gonna look at the girls. Um, you know, it was about a week before the uh, girls three A championship game. On Friday, um, Moon High School students had to, you know, deal with the tragic news that one of their own, um, Michael Trella, was had passed away in his sleep. Um, he was a sophomore lacrosse player, and you know that was uh, that was kind of a t- difficult moment, you know, for a school, any school. Any, I don't know if you've ever been in a school dish in school, and, and and another teen, somebody your age, passes away. I think that's that's a that's kind of a tough 
thing to deal with. And uh, this community, that community, the Moon School District uh, community, really came together over the course of that week. Uh, and it just so happened to be at the same time that the girls were making their run, a very strong Moon team this year, making their run and made it to, the, of course, made it to the Whippeal final, really unscathed. They, they had dominated a lot of their competition this year. Um, and they got into the final and they saw their, they saw their, neighboring section rivals just like north allegheny had to play seneca valley or seneca valley had to play them for a third time this year moon had to play montour for a third time this year and the first two games were close but moon kind of could yeah i mean they 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 were they'd won two nothing and then two to one um but this final it was tough it was a battle and you know moon has a couple of we talk about excellent college-bound players. They have Delaney Snyder, who's a Miami of Ohio recruit, and she's a fantastic player on the ball. She had a number of great chances throughout the game. She has scored more than 40 goals this year, um, but she had a breakaway early in the game. And I mean, if she finishes that, you know, this, this game could have been a completely different game. But instead, you know, it, it, it gets to the 76th minute. It's really nip and tuck. It's 0-0. Montour was playing really well, um, you know, at least especially in defending uh, them. But she she took a ball to the to the end line. She made a beautiful high crossing uh, pass. Found Emily Orr, um, who was maybe 12 yards from from goal, and Emily had all kinds of time, and she just finished it with no problem. And um, you know that was their first title since two uh, Whippeal title since 2004. So it was a big, big win for Bill Pepper, and he's a coach that's been with this program for a long time. Um, and this was this was you know very rewarding win. And he said after the game, he started talking to me, and he's you know he's talking about how happy he was for the players and how hard they worked. But but he was very emotional, and he talked about how happy he was for the school. And everything that they've gone through and that they were able to pull together a win and, and then to do it for the school. And I think that was a pretty uplifting moment. Definitely a most emotional moment of the weekend for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So congrats mm-hmm. to the Moons girls for uh, for pulling out the win, uh, especially in that face of, of such tragedy, as you mentioned. Um, so let's uh, let's let's go on to and, another one here. Yeah, and just, just real quick, mm-hmm. uh, they're definitely a legitimate PIAA, you know, uh, cha- uh, candidate to to win to win a state title. I mean, they're they're that good. Yeah, I mean that's something else that I should probably mention here. We're we're talking about this almost like it's a bit of a wrap up show, you know, closing up things on college, talking about the Whippeal champions, but we still have PIA that's uh, <laughs> coming up, so more soccer to be played here in the region. So uh, so let's see here, John. Uh, you got uh, six more, six more. Yeah, highlights. Let's go. All right, so we'll talk a little bit about. Um, we'll stay with girls for now. Um, so that was the three A girls, the two A girls. I mean, you talk about um, you know an exciting you know opportunity. Two um, A girls was freedom. It was just one of those finals where you know with the with all the expansion and the classific to the at, at fourth classification, um, the freedom girls were a dominant program as well throughout the whole season. Um, and just watching the game, they kind of they, they proved that they were clearly the best team in 2A this year. Um, and again, they went up against Freeport, another program that had kind of always been kind of on the doorstep, but never good enough, you know, never good enough to, to even if they could make the playoffs, they, they really couldn't get very far um, because at that time, you know, there was just so many good teams in front of them. But to be in a classification where things kind of opened up for both programs, um, and both made it to the finals, uh, was pretty exciting. But the difference was the two super sophomores, uh, for freedom, uh, Myla Sharpless and, and Michaela Watkins, um, each of them scored two goals and they were just clearly the best players on the field that night. Um, and, and they just, just kind of rolled. There was, it was the only game of the eight games that a team just kind of put their foot down and, and rolled, um, pretty convincingly, especially in the second half. You know, they kind of broke the game open in the second half. Um, and just like Moon, I, I think that they are a legit PIAA contender. Um, and I had the chance during the playoffs to watch his boys team upset Greensburg Central Catholic. And they, they came so close. Um, they, they lost in the semifinals and couldn't qualify for states. Uh, he was a little down about that. But then the next day, you know, the girls um, handed him 
uh, in a way, uh, his first ever Whippeal Championship, and it was uh, it was a nice, very happy moment. Um, and of course, you know, he for him it was all about the joy that the girls were having and celebrating, and uh, it was just a great moment for a guy who's devoted so much of his life and his time to coaching um, at this level. Yeah, so congrats to Coach Williams for sure mm-hmm. on that, mm-hmm. and to the and to the Freedom Girls. Um, uh, like you said, great great effort and a great showing here in that final game um, mm-hmm. to bring home the win. Absolutely. So, moving on. we got a few more to get through here, John. <laughs> All right. So, let's stay with the girls. We're going to finish. We'll do the two girls, um, other, and then we'll move on to the rest of the boys. Okay. Um, so, again, the Shadyside Academy girls had a chance to play against Greensburg Central Catholic for the third time this year in the, uh, the girls' two-way final. And Eliza Cochran um, was, just needed one opportunity. She just needed that free kick from distance, a third 40-yard uh, chance in the first half, about halfway through the first half, um, and she looped it in right into the corner of the goal. And um, and this was a game where you know Greensburg Central Catholic on paper was you know the, the clear favorite. Uh, they had beaten Shady Side three nothing and three to one before this game. Uh, during the regular season, these are section rivals. These are the two teams that seem to be in the punt or in the finals every year since girls have gone to the a single A or the one A classification. So, um, so Eliza Cochran scores that goal, and then of course Greensburg Central Catholic features, you know, arguably the Whippeals' best player, Bailey Cartwright. They, who's the all-time leading scorer, I think she's climbed over 225 goals in four years. Uh, you know, we talked about that on the preview show. Yeah. And Shady Side just they clamped down on her. They they limited her opportunities. I guess you know that. One thing I noticed at all the Whippeal finals was that each game, if a team had faced another team for the second or third time, um, you know they were they were prepared. They they pulled out all the stops to to stop their opponents, or to, the, the games were tighter, harder to score goals um, in some cases, and and that's what happened here. You know this is a familiar opponent, and Shady Side did what they had to do defensively, and did a fantastic job, and. Um, and shut down the Greensburg Central and shut down Bailey Cartwright. Yeah, and you you had a chance to talk to Bailey afterwards. I did. So let's uh, let's take a listen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, they say like it's hard to beat a team three times a season. So I mean, we knew we still had to work hard coming into the game, and we know their tactics. They know ours. I mean, they put people on me. Smart move. But <laughs> so you know, we struggled. I mean, they definitely outplayed us today. It's just we have to come back next time, get ready for state playoffs. And then during a season like this, where you know everybody's going to be throwing as many defenders as they can, like going into the state playoffs, how do you have to kind of you know avoid getting frustrated? Um, I just you know I got to keep trying, keep going forward. I mean, if someone's on me, just. Hope my team gets a through ball, run onto it. I mean, I can usually beat people with my speed, but just gotta keep working hard. I mean, that's kind of flattering, though. Everybody wants to send like three or four people at you, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it says something about my skill, but it's still it can be frustrating. I mean, honestly, but I mean, it, it gives other people on the team a good opportunity to step up too, which I like to see. And then after you guys lost to Corn City last year, um, you know, you're getting another chance to make a run at states. What do you think you guys are gonna have to do to keep moving forward? Um, well, we since our freshman year, actually, we lost Shadyside and Whitfields, and we went and won states. So you know, we're upset right now, but we keep saying this is it. Then like this is our year. So I mean. We know that, I mean, right now that's our goal since this goal is already over with. So, I mean, everything's going to go forward and, you know, we're not going to give up for anything. And how, does, uh, how does an experience like this as you Thank as you. a player nice to, um, to develop going forward? You know, I mean, obviously you got the States coming up, but then you've got your career, you know, at the next level as well. What, what do you I mean, about yeah, that? this is just like another bump in the road, I guess. I yeah. mean, I just have to keep remembering that next year, you know, I'm going to get Dame playing. So, I mean, I have a good future ahead of me. I can't just ponder on this one forever. <laughs> And then just pick up the pieces and try to get a state yeah, title. Yeah, I mean, it's your next goal. I mean, especially now with this under us, we have, we're going to do everything in our power to get it. All right. Tough loss, but uh, we'll be rooting for you in the flat states. So, yeah, like you said, one of the things she mentioned was really how to handle teams that put three or four players on her. And, I, you know, that's just a testament to how good she is. Um, and, but, you know, it sounds like they're still optimistic about states. And, I mean, what do you think? Do you think they still have a good shot at, at maybe potentially winning states this year? Absolutely. I think this is a team that, you know, again, if Bailey's healthy and Bailey's 100% and 
You know, I was a little concerned just watching her play. I, I'm not sure. You know, I, 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 I she looked like you know the, all the, these players. They go through this grind of of a long you know high school season. But don't forget, they play for club teams. They play in the summer. Yeah. The Riverhounds Development Academy. There's a lot going on. Um, and you know, they're they're hopefully they're peaking and they're at the peak performance. But sometimes it, it does take its toll when you're when you're a, especially when you're a marked player like she is. <laughs> so I don't know. Last year, that was Greenberg's Central Catholic's Achilles heel um, was when they got into the state playoffs, they ran into some some injury problems. So I, I'd say that about any team uh, for sure. But, you know, we're going to see. We're going to find out this Saturday. I know I'm jumping ahead here, but, you know, this Saturday, guess what? We're going to have these two teams um, are both playing in – quarterfinal round matches uh potentially with the opportunity to play each other in the semifinals in the piaa's but first things first they both have quarterfinal piaa matches coming up this saturday yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so it'll be exciting for them you mentioned uh you know wanting to stick with the girls so that leaves us with Mm -hmm. one game left here and that would be uh norwin's second consecutive title so tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that game oh yeah And, and you know the expectation was that this game would be you know, that showdown game between the two best programs of all levels of, of girls' soccer. And, of course, if we talked about on the show now that, you know, the, the, the girl, the talent level of the girls' soccer is, is at a point in this area where it's, where it's outstanding. And, of course, Aideen O'Donoghue um, for Cannon Mac is, is definitely on one side of the table. And then you've got this team from Norwin. I mean, what a fantastic team. You know, uh, players like Emily Harrigan, Lexi Colano, um, and of course their goalie, Sam Wexel. And, you know, what happens when you play in big games and big moments? The, 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 the top players usually rise to the occasion. And, and that's what I saw in this Norwin game. I was very, very impressed. Uh, obviously, last year, they, they impressed me on their way of winning the, the Whippeo and then making it to the state semifinals and um i'm sure there was a great disappointment in that game and i think they had a little chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. uh, but on saturday against canon mac in a pretty you know a game that we were all really looking forward to two undefeated teams uh norwin got the early goal by emily harrigan uh she got some space on the left side she blew through she found that she just wonderful finish um and then that get they got up and then right away, I mean within a minute, Cannon Mac is in the box, draws a foul, they get that PK and this we're looking at, you know, wow, this is gonna be some game. It could be going back and forth like this. Uh and of course that's when uh Aideen, you know, stepped up, take the PK and um Sam Wexel stopped her, uh, went you know, went up and got the ball and, and made a nice stop on the penalty kick. And that just it seemed like that that changed the momentum of the match and the second half uh that's when you know with the one nothing lead they came out and you know within five minutes early in the second half and this is what norwin's been known to do they got another goal by harrigan which was a beauty she's you know she gets the ball um with her back to goal there's the defender to her left the defender to her right Somehow she makes a nice little move. She finds space and she just buries it, you know, and it was beautiful. It was a great thing to see, to see uh, that type of soccer played at that level. Um, and then, of course, within a couple minutes, Lexi Colano um, scored another goal and uh, that was it. That was pretty much it. And they shut the door on uh, what was a really good Cannon Mac team. So, but these two teams will now face each other in the yeah you mentioned emily harrigan um you know you you actually got a chance to talk to her she mentioned about you know using the uh the pia loss last year's motivation for run this year so let's let's take a listen to that um to play against teams we knew from the newspapers and everything that they thought that they had us they said they had us in size and strength um so we were just getting ready and we just came out with the intensity that we needed to to maybe like kind of make our statement hey thanks so much thank you so when the ball comes to your feet what are you thinking you're near goal what's your first thought when i'm near goal i try to get the shot off but if i don't see the shot i look for the best option it's open yeah so obviously the game it's kind of a nip and tuck close game in the beginning i know you have a lot of respect for Cannon Mac. Talk about them a little bit. I mean, I know a few of the girls on the team. I mean, one of them's on my Riverhounds team. A few of them are older that I've played with in the past. So I knew that they have a very talented team, and they showed that on the field. Um, but we were just able to put the ball in the back of the net, and we were able to get the win. Uh, any thoughts about, you know, 
uh, Sam's, just talk about Sam's big save. Oh, right she's there. an amazing keeper, and that right there just changed the entire game, because that could have easily tied it up, and they would have had that momentum that they wanted to just put the ball in the back net, and they wanted to get up on us, but um, luckily she saved us, and she had an amazing game. I think she really kept us in it. Now, last year you had a little bit of disappointment as you made tried to make a run to the uh, PIAAs. Now, this year anything different or what's, what's the approach? I, it's kind of nice. I think that was good. Um, it's that bittersweet memory kind of because obviously we wanted to make it to the finals but we didn't get there. But now we just use that as motivation so hopefully we'll just keep that in the back of our minds and we'll hopefully get further. Alright, nice game. Thank you so much. So great stuff from Emily. Great stuff from the Norman girls. Congrats to them. Um, that wraps up the girls. You've already talked about the uh, NA boys team. So we got three other boys games here to talk about. So which one do you want to yep. talk about next? All right. Well, let's stay. Um, let's stay in line here um, with. Uh, let's go to single A. So we can talk a little bit about single A and um, you know North North Catholic had had hadn't even really ever been a playoff team ever. Uh, made their first playoff appearance. Not only did they just make their first playoff appearance, but they made a run all the way to the finals um, with a very very young team uh, coached by uh, you know a young coach too, who's an energetic guy and. Um, just a just a terrific Jordan Wigan and um, terrific coach who I've coached against, and you know they make this run all the way to the to the um, to the final, and they have to play Swickley, the Swickley boys, um, and you know the Swickley uh, just it was just one of those weird games. It was uh, um, it was just one of those games where neither team really. You see this in, in close playoff games or finals or cup finals, things like that, you know, where it's just it's going to it's going to be that one play, that one mistake um, and or one thing that happens. And it, it took 94 minutes, but Swickley, um, it was interesting because they had a fantastic run into the box. They, they had this one shot that the, the goalie from North Catholic made an amazing diving save ball goes out of bounds. So Swickley coaches um, brings in he brings in a, uh, a kid that can th- I guess throw a long a good good long ball uh, throw in and the ball skips and it gifts by a couple play- players and then Ian Deal gets the ball near by far post and just delivers the game winner and um, and 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 again Swickley you know kind of stays on top. It's either it's been either Swickley Academy or Seton LaSalle for most part of the past five or six or seven years um, or more, and so it was it was an upstart program, North Catholic. Uh, they just they they came so close, uh, but I, I but this is the thing. This is a team, the entire squad. They had one senior. Uh, they should be back. Not only will they be back next season, but already in the state playoffs, they kind of went out and with an vengeance with a vengeance and have, you know, showed that they can, they can play. Um, uh, they, I believe in the first round yesterday, they played Iroquois and won six, nothing. So they have that, the firepower, they have some really good players. Um, and this, I believe his name is Jason Kearney. Um, they have a, he's a freshman number 10. So if you're watching North Allegheny, um, I'm sorry, North Catholic, mm-hmm. I'm actually covering that game for the Trib on Saturday. They play Seton LaSalle, in the uh, quarterfinal, and so if they one of those wins, they potentially could be playing Swickley again um, in the in the semifinals. So it would be fascinating to see. They 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 maybe they've been hardened by this one nothing loss in the final. This this could carry them. Who knows how far they could go? To, they could maybe they can make a run to the state finals. Um, and Swickley though, you know, just a just a solid win, solid program, another Whitfield championship. Uh, you know what what can I say? Yeah, great stuff from both programs. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, one d- couldn't win the Whippeals, but it sounds like both mm-hmm. are, are going to go on a run here in PIAs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, who's who's next here, John? Two left. All right, uh, two more to go. All right, so we'll <laughs> go with uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Shady Side Boys um, program. We just talked about the girls program that came up big in the final. Well, the two teams played each other, played back to back on Saturday, and the second game um, was the Shady Side Boys. Um, taking on Quaker Valley, and here you have two programs that one is, you know, Quaker Valley has won many uh, Whitfield titles. Um, of course, that was under the direction of Gene Klein, 
you know, who uh, we've known from Riverhounds, mm-hmm. uh, his association with the Riverhounds, but also Quaker Valley all those years. Um, and and then you have uh, Shadyside Academy, which you know, program I was very privileged and honored to be a part of for a good part of six years. Um, and, you know, this is a program that has a lot of tradition, a good, solid program every year. And they always play up a level of the size of their school. Um, so it was kind of a, it was a, it was an interesting showdown in terms of those two schools. Uh, but again, Quaker prevailed on opportunistic goals, essentially, in the first half. Uh, they were clearly the better team most of the, the game. Um, but a couple opportunistic goals and their head coach, you know, who replaced Gene Klein, none other than another former, well, former Pittsburgh Riverhound, Andrew Marshall. Mm-hmm. And Andrew had, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, but on his, uh, on his sidelines with him, he had Kevin Kerr as his assistant coach, <laughs> uh, who's you may know from Pittsburgh Riverhound's current player. Yeah. So uh, it was just pretty cool to see those guys there and coaching. And um, But the two goals were scored by a defender, Owen Harkins, um, by, by Quaker to go up 2 nothing in the first half. And it was goals that were within five minutes of each other. And, you know, it's when a defender scores you know it's going to be on a set piece or it's going to be on a scrum ball in the box. And both times, it was the first time it was on a free kick into the box. Ball's kind of loose and he just knocks it in. And and then the second goal came on a corner kick. Same thing. He, he buries it, um, kind of beats everybody to the ball. Uh, it was a second, third ball, you know, that was, was deflected here and there. And so so that that it gets them up to nothing. And then in the second half, a lot of credit to Shady Side. They kind of they didn't give up. They came out and played pretty well in the second half, and especially towards the end of the second half, they got a, another goal. Um, um, so by Eric Zhang, and they were they were knocking on the door. They just didn't really. They they had a player that got ejected, got a second yellow card, um, which kind of hurt their chances to get any really late chances to, to for the equalizer. But it was a pretty hard fought game, and you know, talking to Andrew after the game, um, you know, he talked about a defender coming up with a big goal and it was just classic Andrew Marshall, you know, um, so calm and composed and just, just very laid back. And I think the kids really responded to having him as a coach and having guys like Kevin Kerr there as well. And he's talked about, you know, we talk a lot about leadership, about moments that you time to step up and lead the team. And Owen's two moments came in scoring goals. So, uh, that was, you know, takeaway from, from this, um, from that final for me. Yeah, absolutely. Kudos to Quaker Valley on uh, on bringing home the win. That leaves just one section left here. It sounds like 3A boys. John, take it away. Dallas, the McKenzie brothers are back, right? You know, yeah. um, Garrett, uh, obviously, you know, he's the coach. Um, his, you know, his father played for, going goes all the way back to the, you know, the, the Pittsburgh spirit days. And he's just, you know, Chartiers Valley is one of those programs that you look at and you say, there's just a lot of tradition. There's a lot of people that have played soccer for multiple generations. You know, we don't have a lot of that in Pittsburgh. Right. You have pockets of it. You know, you have pockets of it here and there. But definitely Chartiers Valley is one of those. And so 15 years ago, they won the title. Um, and here they are playing against a really good Mars team, a Mars team that has not a lot of seniors, but they have an experienced back line. They're not going to give up goals. And my goodness, their goalie, uh, Amin Dirin, he was just standing on his head, especially in the first half. He wasn't – I mean he made about seven or eight saves. Um, Chartiers Valley is a team that is just – they have a lot of great speed and skill and dynamic. They're getting – they're just getting forward. They're getting – you know, they got all these fantastic um, players and a lot of great shots on goal. And then in the second half, in the beginning of the second half, they score a goal from distance. Jimmy Boyle, a defender, way out, pretty far out. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if he's. You know, he's a he's a he's an attacking player, but he was he was in the middle of the field. Sends a ball through. Somehow it goes through the the back line, and Durin, the goalie, just kind of stood there in the middle of the goal, frozen, and the ball rolled in on the right side of the goal, and it was just one of those unfortunate situations for Mars. I mean, you had to feel for for the goalie in that mm-hmm. situation. You had to feel for the coaching staff. You had to feel for the players. You know, you know, it's just all that hard work, and then it's just one goal like that to give up a goal like that. And yeah. but you got, you know, from the Chartiers Valley standpoint, you put it on goal. You, you know, anything can happen. You know, Mike. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about that across all levels of competition where you can't score if you don't shoot. And uh, and sometimes it's those fluky goals that, you know, make champions and, and, and crush dreams. So, uh, And there was a, a red-hot Chartiers Valley team. Sometimes when you win 12 in a row, you need, to, you need a bounce or two to go your way. And yeah. it was definitely a remarkable run to get to the finals and then to pull it off. And But they didn't do this by fluke. I mean, you could see they were the, clearly the better team all night. Um, you know, the Mars coaching staff acknowledged that after the game and, and said that just, just, you know, they were definitely the better team and, and they, they, they did get the fortunate goal too. Yeah. So kudos to Chartiers Valley and, uh, and really, you know, kudos to everybody. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. all of the college high school players, John, kudos to you, man. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> out there covering all of these games, as mm-hmm. we said, um, you know, not only for the trip, but over at the Pittsburgh Soccer Report as well. You know, thanks thanks a ton for, for doing that, putting in the time, and providing that service to all the local fans in the community. It's 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 awesome. uh it was a blast. I you know I if I can if I can have the opportunity to do it every year, I will try. And you know this year, I the last couple of years, I've had the opportunity to do this, and I've I've en- I've really enjoyed doing it. And uh, of course, it's it's not over uh you know the the Whippeal, um is obviously the finals have ended but the Whippeal teams are still moving on and into the states and the first round of states uh, i believe it was 11 of the no sorry 8 of the 11 girls teams advanced they will be playing on saturday some will be playing each other as we talked about some of those mm-hmm. and then of course on the boys side we've got um i believe it was um the my numbers are bad but something like 9 out of 12 or oh, 11 out of, I'm sorry, right, 11 out of 12 moved on. So there's a lot of teams that are still in play for the state championship. We got quarterfinals Saturday, the semifinals are on Tuesday, and then Hershey awaits. So hopefully all four classifications will see at least one Whitfield team in the final, um, and they'll be playing in Hershey on Saturday. I believe that's the 18th, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. Saturday the 18th. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Friday and Saturday, so that weekend. So they'll still spread it out um, that weekend. So yeah. So best best of luck to all of the local teams. Um, again, great stuff, great entertainment, and uh, memories that I'm sure that all of you will keep forever. So and, uh, and I did want to add. You know, I think it's I think it's appropriate to kind of end this this discussion uh, with Sean Atwater. <laughs> Because I know we talked to him, uh, we sh- we shared that clip earlier, and mm-hmm. but he pulled it off again. He pulled it off again on Tuesday night. He, you know, two games in a row at the end of the Whippeals in the semifinals and the finals, he scores from distance for a golden goal. Mm-hmm. Then they line up a forty-yard free kick. They're playing Pine Richland again, section rivals, for the fourth time this year, and he lines up a forty-yard free kick and and he and he nails it, and they <laughs> won they won the first round of the state. So this this run, I mean. He might be teaching Robbie Vincent uh, a lesson or two about <laughs> shots from distance. I, I mean, this kid, um, and and he, you know, I think we got from his interview that he's very humble. Yeah, he's just like uh, my question to him was, "Is that the plan? You know, just get to overtime and just let you win the game winner?" And he kind of chuckled and <laughs> yeah. stuff. But but that's, I mean, that's what makes all of this so fun to watch is you just never know what's going to happen late in games and when they're close and tied like that. Yeah. So great stuff, great stuff. Um, you know, for more, as we said, for more mm-hmm. a- anything about high school, college soccer, go check out John's stuff over at pittsburghsoccerreport.com. For more of the Pittsburgh College Soccer Show, which, you know, we may need to change the name here to include high school as well, considering the the, the change of focus, head over to the Beautiful Game Network or bgn.fm. There you can s- subscribe to this show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your, or however you get your podcasts. Sorry. You'll also find some other great soccer podcasts about the Riverhounds, the USL, Premier League, and more. Uh, follow us on Twitter at our new home, at Pittsburgh Footy, or email us at pod at bgn.fm. Let us know um, if there's other games you want us to talk about, what you like, what you don't like. Um, a lot more great stuff coming your way. And uh, and always thanks again, everybody, to listening. John, thanks to you and to all the high school teams that are still playing. Best of luck at States. It's absolutely a pleasure. enjoyed it. <laughs>